Today is week two of a three-week series we started last week called Hope is Here. So turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3 and then put your finger over in Hebrews. We'll get to chapter 10 right after that. Um, but last week, because Hope is Here is we're talking about Hope is Here, Hope in Us, Hope in others, hope in the world. So last week we focused on hope in us. And we discussed three things. We discussed what is hope, what does hope do, and what is our hope. And again, we I dove into the definition of what hope is. Because if you don't get that, none of the rest of these messages will make any sense. Because it... If you still believe hope is a, oh, well, I wish, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Um, that's not hope. Hope is this joy-filled anticipation that something good is about ready to happen, like a breaking through, like uh, how many did not see Aubrey's video last week? The little video, how many didn't see it? Okay, just one person, did, oh, a couple people didn't see it. Um, this is my two-year-old granddaughter who she knows what hope looks like. She knows how to joyfully expect something good is about ready to happen. And she does this so frequently that I wanted to try it out. And I just reached over to the lamp and I clicked it off and she turns right around and looks at it and I went, you want to see it? She goes, oh, yeah. I clicked it on. Oh. I said, you want me to do it again? She goes, yeah. Goes, oh. Show the video. I know. A light on and off. This is how I said, do you want me to turn it off? Yes. Oh. Oh. I said, do you want me to do it again? <gasps> That's joyful anticipation. <laughs> Something good's about ready to happen. That's hope. That's the hope that we should have in ourselves. That God is constantly ready to just blow us away. Unleash upon us a blessing so big we can't contain it. Hope in others so big that you're just going to be blown away yourself. What God's got in store for you and hope for the world. Come on. That's not a setting back. Oh, well, I wish it would happen. I mean, think about it. As parents, if we have a child, you know, and we're like, oh, we got you this gift. And they go. Eh, just leave it there. I'll get to it later. Would you? Oh, okay. I'll just leave it here for you. No, you'd be like, Psh, you ain't getting this then. Right? And you'll be looking for the child that's going, oh, 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 oh. I'll take that. Right? That's me. So you got to know what hope is. And hope has to be directly linked or anchored in the truth that God is a good, good father. 
that he delights in giving good gifts to his children. There has to be that link in the truth or else our hope is um, unhinged. <laughs> it needs to be anchored in that truth that God is a good, good father. And truth always wins out, always um, it, it trumps, if you will, facts. Facts and truths are two different things. You can go to the doctor and get a report that you have such and such disease. That's a fact. But you come to God and the truth wins out over the fact. He is the healer. It, it doesn't matter what you feel. Your feelings to you might be a fact, but truth wins out over the fact. That God is your peace in the storm. That God has something good for you. And if it's, if it's not good right now, it's not the end. Because he said he's working to the good, everything for him who loves him. So everything. If it's not good, it's not the end. So you can, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And what does hope do? We talked about Hebrews 11 where uh, hope feeds faith. And if faith is the evidence and the substance of things hoped for, then hope feeding our faith, faith being the substance and evidence of, think about that. If you go into a courtroom, what do they want? They want evidence. Show me evidence. Give me substance. Where's the murder weapon? All right? Produce something. Faith produces the substance, the evidence of what we hope for. We are, and we talked about that we are. Oh, that's the next one. Christ in us is the hope. The hope. Our hope. What is our hope? Christ in us is the hope of glory. And we are the evidence to other people. We are the substance to other people that God is good. That God is love. We are the evidence. Christ in us is the proof of hope for all who believe. And so today we're going to be focused on hope in others. Can you reset that clock for me? That was Pastor Neil's bad that it's negative 23 minutes, not mine. <laughs> Today we'll focus on hope in others. Now, hoping in others, again, is not a wishful thought for them. Hoping imparts strength, power, courage, it's like our heavenly calling to speak to and awaken that divine purpose inside of people. Like a, a chisel hammering away at the, the heart that awakens that greatness within them. Hope gives, think about that, strength, power, and awakening 
that greatness. There's a story I read to you. Well, it's not a story. It's evidence of an experiment. It's what they discovered from this experiment. I've read that before read this before, but there's no other place that describes so perfectly and its facts that um, hope imparts strength. When, when it's, because it's not just a wishful thought. When it has tangible actions, when hope, which is supposed to, if it feeds faith, it's supposed to have tangible actions. When hope has tangible actions to it, that imparts strength and courage. There's no better way to see it than this little um, research that was done. And let me just tell you that as far as I know, no rats were killed in this experiment. Uh, they got close to drowning, but I don't believe they did drown. Okay, so just so you know, so don't hate me reading this. Um, but if you want to picture spiders doing that, well, then I want them to drown. Anyway, uh, in the 1950s, Kurt Richer, a Harvard graduate and John Hopkins scientist, did a series of experiments that tested how long rats could swim in high-sided buckets of circulating water before drowning. Dr. Richer found that under normal conditions, a rat could swim for an average of 15 minutes before giving up and sinking. However, if he rescued the rats just before drowning, dried them off and let them rest briefly, and then put them back into the same buckets of circulating water, the rats could swim an average of 60 hours. Wow. Not 15 minutes, 60 hours. If a rat was temporarily saved, it could survive 240 times longer than if it was not temporarily saved. This made no sense. How could these rats swim so much longer during the second session, especially just after swimming as long as possible to stay alive the first session? Dr. Richard concluded that the rats were able to swim longer because they were given hope. A better conclusion, he goes on to write, is that the rats were able to swim longer because they were given strength through hope. The rats had a clear picture of what being saved looked like that kept them swimming. Can you apply that to your own life? Come on, think about it. They kept swimming because they seen a clear picture of what it was like. Not 15 minutes. They didn't go 14 minutes, you know, and now I'm on the last lap here getting around and I'm getting up. No, any minute now that hand's going to scoop in and save me. If it's not good yet, it's not the end. Any minute now. Any minute now, any minute now, that's the strength. And that's what we're talking about, imparting that through words of encouragement to other people. Hold on. You can do it. There's another story that I used to tell all the time. I loved it 
about this little boy, I don't know, five, six years old, anyway, he was at an orchestra, his mom took him for the first time to go see, it was a pianist, was going to play and perform, this world-renowned pianist, and his mom, he just started playing the piano, she, who, he was taking lessons, and new chopsticks, right, that's where every teacher starts, right, and so she got him in the seats, and they had nice seats, and she got talking to the friends. She was sitting around, and next thing she knows, her five-year-old is missing. And so the lights are starting to go down. She's like, oh, no, where is he? Where is he? And all of a sudden, here he comes, walking out onto the stage, looking at the grand piano, piano setting in the middle of the stage. And so the lights go down, spotlight comes up, and instead of the grand, you know, the world-famous pianist, there was a five-year-old that was scooting up on the seat and started playing, you guessed it, chopsticks. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the, yeah, whose kid is that? What are they moving? Get him, get him. The pianist backstage heard what was going on, and so he grabs his jacket and rushes out to the stage, seeing the little boy on there, didn't want to discourage him, and instead he wanted to encourage him. And he runs up behind him, leans over him, and as the little boy's playing chopsticks, he starts embellishing upon chopsticks, whispering in his ear, don't stop, keep playing, you're doing great, don't stop keep playing. And all of a sudden the crowd just silenced in, in amazement how chopsticks could be turned into such a symphony. Why? Because he heard the words that encouraged him, strengthened him, keep going, don't stop. Doesn't matter if you're on the 15th or the 14th lap, looking into the 15th lap, keep going. We're called, it's a divine call to speak words of encouragement to people that awakens that, <gasps> that gives them, imparts in them the courage where there once wasn't any, that gives them the power, the strength, that chisels away that hard heart that, oh, life is just beating me up and I'm a victim and what can I do and I'm a nobody and it gives them that roaring lion's voice again that greatness that they were created for it wakens that up hope is the strength imparted let's read hebrews chapter 3 look at a couple verses and then we'll turn over to chapter 10 uh Oh, that was a good verse, too, but that wasn't the one. Okay, here it is. Um, verse we'll start with verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I like that he said, encourage each other. How often do I have to do this? Daily. Okay, so for how long do I have to do this? As long as it's called today. When is today? Uh, today. 
That wasn't a hard one. It's today. But what about, what am I supposed to do? And what if I don't see anybody? What? That's tomorrow. He said, today. As long as it's called today, we have a job to do. And that's to encourage each other. Encourage the people that you're around. And do you, he said the so that. So that. None. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This is the prescription to keep your heart from being deceived by sin. If I had a little, what are those called, those little doctor pads, I'd write that out right here. To keep your heart from being deceived, hardened by sin, encourage each other daily. How often do I have to take this? Daily. As long as it's called today. So when you wake up tomorrow, guess what day it's going to be? Today. How often do I have to do it? Today. Daily. Why? Because it's good for them and it's good for you. It's kind of like eating those vegetables that only vegetarians and vegans like eating because it's too healthy. You know, it's like, you know, but it's like eating vegetables for your soul. It will keep your soul, your heart clean, healthy. And then look over in chapter 10. Starting at 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. I love that. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. He is faithful. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So sometimes it's not just a thoughtful uh, word. Sometimes it's a spurring. Come on. What are you doing? Come on. You know, like, a, come on. And I know I should have worn my big cowboy boots and the big spurs, right? Think about those, uh, the derbies where they, you know, riding the horses around the whole tracks, right? They don't have spurs. What do they have? Come on, come on, right? He's saying sometimes you need to spur one another on. Sometimes it's not a, oh, Deborah, that's okay. You can do it. Somebody, oh, come on, lady, what are you doing? Get off. Come on. We can do this. Spurring each other on. Sometimes encouraging isn't a, oh, yay, I'm so happy for you. Sometimes a, what are you doing? Get up. Stop whining. Suck it up, buttercup. Right? My grandpa, go rub some dirt on that thing. You'll be fine. Splitting, grandpa. Go rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. Okay. Why? Because sometimes you need a good spurring. What are you doing? Hush. Shh. Don't talk like that. Right? How often do we do this? Daily. Ah, there it is again. Daily. Daily. And he says, even more. 
Encourage even more as you see the day. That means his day coming back. Why? Because nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be found not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right? When Jesus comes back. Do you want to feel a little, oh, that spur kind of hurt, but it will get me go. I mean, could you imagine spurring? Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that donkey. The prophet that was being bought to go prophesy over the, you know, he wanted a good word. And we'll pay you. Come over here and speak a good word to us. And God was telling that guy, uh, no, don't do that. Well, he gets on his dirt donkey. He's like, well, why not? I'm supposed, you know. What does this donkey do? An angel with a sword standing there before him is blocking the donkey. And he tried a couple times, but the donkey kept throwing him off or bucking or something. I don't remember what it was. And finally, the donkey turned around and spoke to him. Hey, I don't know what you're seeing, but I'm seeing a man with a big sword. And we're not going this way. Could you imagine spurring your horse on and all of a sudden your horse... Why do you keep kicking me like that? What are you doing? Don't whip me. Don't whip me. Oh, you're going, the, you're going too slow. I got to... You know? Come on. But that's what we want to do. Somebody spurs us a little bit and you're like, I'm out. I didn't sign up for this. Well, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Spurring does not feel good. And yes, there are some people out there that just want to hurt each other. I mean, think about it. Over and over again in the Bible, and God, Jesus even said a lot of parables about he'll let the tares grow up with the wheat. He'll let the goats go ahead and stay among the sheep. He'll sort them out later. So you're right. In the middle of a, even a you know, church service, you know, this big. There's some in here that, um, let's just be honest, might not be found as a faithful few. They might be the ones that constantly come over and bite at you and snap at you and they feel it's their God-given right to show everybody what's wrong in their life. What are you supposed to do? I'll listen. Is that what I need? Okay, I can Eat the meat, spit out the bones, and go on. Right? Because I'll tell you, he tests us all in the most awkward ways to see how we will respond. Um, I'll have a little child. I've had a little child walk up to me and say a very profound, not just rebuke, but correction. And I could go, oh, that's so nice. Go on, go find your mama. You know, what are you doing? But God can speak through anything, right? So I'll listen. Is that something you're trying to tell me? I've had cartoons. I've had commercials. I've had nature speak to me. Why? Because God can speak through all those things. It's how I'm going to hear and how am I going to receive. And sometimes it feels like a nice little loving voice behind me, encouraging me, keep playing, keep going. And sometimes it feels like, eh, eh, come on, what are you doing? Come on, you know? And what am I going to do when I receive that? You know, you got to accept it. 
Encouragement speaks words that impart strength, power. I, I looked it up and, um, of course, the internet, you know, it's just all, knows everything, right? I typed in, what is encouragement? And actually got a pretty good list. Five things. It says encouragement is giving support like a cast supports a broken leg. Not bad. Encouragement is instilling confidence, which is putting courage in where it was once lacking. Where there is uncertainty and doubt, it is reminding someone of what is true and trustworthy. That's pretty good. Encouragement is feeding hope. We can expect good things. And I'll just put in there because God promised it, right? He who promised is faithful. Encouragement is empowering. It changes the person's perception. It causes a person to see their abilities differently. And encouragement is a form of love. And we know this from 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is, love is, it hopes the best. Believes the best. Encouragement is needed for the soul like air is needed for the lungs. Encouragement. We all need encouragement. And you're like, I don't need nobody. I'm fine all by myself. Then what are you doing here? We all need it. It's been, it's been put in us by God before we were even. He says, I knitted you together in your mother's womb before one of your before you even took your first breath he instilled it within us to need each other why because that's Jesus's prayer even in the garden that we would be one as they are one and him and us and us and him and we all together that's his heart Speaking words of encouragement does three things of course you always need three points in a prayer right that's an official church service all right three things it attracts God's grace speaks to the greatness within and prophesies it prophesies strength courage and power so real quick we're going to look at these three speaking words of encouragement attracts God's grace like painting a big bullseye on somebody it attracts God's grace and I know there's a difference between mercy and grace, and people um, sometimes use those words interchangeably. But just quickly, mercy has to do with as if you're calling out in a, in a courtroom, judge, have mercy, mercy, mercy. I'm facing this sentence, have mercy, mercy, mercy. So it has to do with judgment, a canceling of not because they've earned it, but it's a canceling of and it has to do with judgment, where grace, same thing, undeserved. You, you didn't earn that grace, but it's a, um, a kindness shown through um, blessing, uh, tangible actions, you know, things like that. That's undeserved, that's shown or showered upon an individual. So it, when you speak words of encouragement, when you speak that word that they I mean, I, 
now that sounds kind of mean that they didn't deserve it. <laughs> anyway, none of us have earned it. Speaking whether they deserved it or not, that's what I'm trying to say. Painting that big bullseye on them. And again, I could go into a you know, three-week, six-week series just on how the angels are ministering angels that are listening to the word of God spoken to go to work and carry it through. I mean, so I don't have time to get into all that. But when you speak a word of encouragement to somebody, you're speaking God's language and the angels, I mean, you can hear their wings open up and go right to work. That I'll see through. He says every word I speak, every word, I'll see that it accomplishes what I set it out to do. Undeserved favor, blessings, that's mercy. Words of encouragement to the other. It marks that individual for mercy, but it also marks you to receive mercy too. And you're like, what? Yeah, I'm serious. Hold on. Let me tell you. It's as if one of you, you have, let's just say multiple children. And you have a child come up to you. Their birthday's coming up. And says, Dad, secretly, I don't want you to tell anybody, but whatever you are going to buy me for my birthday, would you take that money and would you give it to my sister? And don't tell her it's from me. And don't tell her. Just do that, okay? But you don't have to give That's just what I want to do for my birthday. What would you do? Oh, not only am I going to give your sister what you're asking, I'm giving you, I won't give not to give, oh, oh, honey, right? And you're all like, I know that's a cartoon because my children would never do that. <laughs> Hope for it. <laughs> Come on, my kids can do that. No, that, wouldn't you do that? So not only when you speak encouragement to another person, does it mark them for God's mercy or God's grace, God's blessing, God's favor, angels attending to that, see that through, but it marks you because God goes, oh, you did what? Right? Did you just love on my child? Like, did you? Uh-huh. It marks you. Number two, speaking words of encouragement speaks to the greatness within them, like waking the lion inside. And I had to say lion because, I mean, look around. I don't like church banners. Sorry. Boo. Right? I'm sorry. I just don't. But I've kept that one up there because I love pictures of lions. Because, I don't know, have you guys ever seen that movie, um, Chronicles of Narnia, the lion, the witch, and the right? I went through a sozo um, session some years ago, and God, anyway, drew out, make a long story short, um, showed me what I look like in my mind. And in one of the pictures, over and over again, but in one of the pictures, it was that girl about whatever age this is, 10. 910. This, I know, and I'm only this tall. I know. Anyway, 910. But young, that's how I feel most of the time. About 910. But has a sword strapped to her side, the length of her whole leg. And she's standing right beside 
this humongous lion. Now, I can fight anybody with that. I'll stand up against anybody like that. And every once in a while, the lion would nudge up against me and out would come this humongous roar. I'm like, oh yeah, you can run now. You can run now. Right? That's what we are divinely called to do to other people through words of encouragement to just nudge up to them once in a while and release or awaken that lion in them. The purpose, the greatness that God designed them for. Everyone, inside everyone. Encouraging someone takes God's love working through you to see more in them than they can even see in themselves and even more than you can even see in them at that time. It takes God's love because it we're, we don't have the capacity to love each other the way that we're supposed to love each other. We can't. We can't encourage each other out of our own tank, if you will. We have to back up to God and be that conduit that plugs into him and lets his love, his encouragement, and his words come through us. Because if we try to fill up other people's gas tank, if you will, out of our own capacity, we will be dry. We'll be spitting little cotton balls at them. Hope that was encouraging. We'll go crazy. We really will. You'll be frustrated. You'll be tired all the time. Your mind will be trying to grasp at something that's not there. Um, you'll literally be knocking on it. I know in Lansing there was a hospital. It's the fourth. It was the fifth floor. You know the fifth floor? The rubber. I know. Come on. Wake up, people. Are you there? It's... You'll be knocking on the door of the loony bin. If you try to do what you're commanded to do out of your own strength, it will not work. You have to. Encouraging, speaking words has to come from him. Loving people, seeing this greatness, having hope in others. It's got to be because you're looking at them with his eyes. Because you're letting your heart beat his heart beat. That your hands are his hands. You know, that everything you do, otherwise, you know, you can say a pretty thing. You know, you can do all the right stuff, say all the right things, you think, and walk away and they're like, wasn't Deborah just an angel? Deborah's so good. Deborah did Deborah, Deborah, Deborah. And they walk away, you walk away, and who got the glory? Deborah. But when it's not about you, it's all about God and you're backed up here and you lay one little hand or nudge up against them just a little bit. Speak one word and you walk away all of a sudden. Wow, God was here. Who is that person? I don't know. God was here. You know, I use the illustration like if you're in shop and save and, you know, we're going to at the end of this message, I'm going to teach you how to prophesy to each other. And we're going to take time and we're going to prophesy to each other. So just prepare ahead. That's what we're going to do. Don't worry. Elementary. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you'll be walking through shop and save. And God will say one word. Drop it in your mind for that person. 
and you just walk up, tap them on the shoulder. Um, God wanted me to say blah, blah, blah to you and get out of there. Who are they going to remember? God said blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that though in a minute. Speaking those words, speaking to that greatness within them is more than an attaboy. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's a uh, 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 spurring, uh, 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 right? Come on. If you've ever been encouraged by someone, you know how a life-giving word can give you the strength to push through life's toughest battles. You know that when your whole life is, you know, hell has broke loose and you're in this, you know, bucket of swirling water and you're going the 14th, 15th time around and you're starting to go under that somebody speaks just the right word at the right time and all of a sudden 60 hours later you're like, yeah, right? That's what we're talking about. Life strengthening, power-induced encouragement in you, strength. And speaking to that greatness within them, really, like I said, is that chiseling, that calling forth of that lion. So then the third thing is speaking words of encouragement. Prophesize. Prophesize. And prophecy does two things. It either tells you the future or it speaks and creates the future. Prophecy does one of those two things. In 1 Corinthians 14.3 it says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Now, every once in a while, you'll hear somebody share prophecy or prophecy in the Bible, and it sounds um, doomish and gloomish. Um, that's telling you what's coming up. But it's not, oh, it says prophecy when you're speaking to each other will 99.99999% of the time be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. It's not about telling them, now, when you leave here, make sure you don't go this way, you know? Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Prophecy is speaking those words of encouragement. Let me just tell you how it infuses the individual with power, how it does that. Um, when God speaks, he creates. He can't not speak and not create. He doesn't set up in heaven and just was having a little gab fest. Oh, what are you doing today? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. I was kind of going to do my, maybe I'll do my hair. I don't know. What are you? No. Every time he speaks, he creates. And then he said, let me make man in my own image. And when I create man in my own image, I put the same power to create in his mouth. Her mouth too. Okay, you see it's synonymous. Okay. Anyway, just in case you are wondering, his and hers. Okay. God created the male and female after him. God is both male and female. 
anyway, and going on. He created them, created in their mouth power to speak. And then he said, now speak to others. Why? Just so they get a nice attaboy on the back? No, because the words that you speak are going to impart what they need. So if you say in, in, in uh, Isaiah 35, 3-4, it says, Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Why would you say to somebody, don't fear if they're fearing? Oh, I never thought about that before. Right? I mean, you heard that sarcastic remark before? I have. I've given it to them. Oh, did not. I didn't. Did you know that's the number one command in the Bible? Over and over again. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. He's saying, tell the one with a fearful heart, do not fear. Why? Because the words coming out of your mouth have within them, like you're, I know it's going to get gross for a minute. Hold on here. It's like you're spitting a seed at them. And in that seed has the power to create in them a heart that will not fear. But they have to, hold on a second. Um, they have to um, take that seed into themselves and let it sink in them. The vegetable, I keep using vegetables just because I'm hungry and I don't care about vegetables. Anyway, the vegetable will not nourish your body if you just rub it all over your face. Or slap it down. I don't want that. It will only nourish you if you take it in. The word that's spoken to you, the word of encouragement, has within it the power to do the accomplish what it's set out to do. But if you don't um, take it in. Now, spitting seeds, eating the seeds spit at you, please don't do this physically. That's gross. Spiritually, spiritually. Speaking the word and taking it in. Now, I got fingers pointed all over me at first service because I am one of the worst at doing this. Brian, he was laughing in the back because he's like, you just did that this morning. He'll say, oh, honey, you look so beautiful. And I'll go, oh, shut up. No, I don't. I know this whole thing makes my butt look fat. You know, don't. Oh, no, it don't. Don't. What am I doing? Swatting down the seed. Uh-uh. Have you said to somebody, you're trying to encourage somebody, and they go, oh, no, but no, and won't take it in. It won't change anything if they don't take it in. I know. Now, every time somebody said, I'll be like, thank you. Yes, I know I look beautiful. Thank you. Yes, I know. Thank you. I'm a work in progress, too. Okay. But to take that in, because it's the power in that seat. All the power needed to accomplish is in that seed. He said, I put the same power in your mouth that I have in my mouth. God said that to us. That's why we have to speak those words. So prophesying for each other is as simple, listen, elementary, as simple as speaking words of encouragement to them. And here's, you know, okay, there's some that are up like they've been doing this for years and years and they have a keen ear to the Holy Spirit. They, they can read your mail. They'll 
prophesy. Okay, you know, somebody here, their middle name is, and you live at such and such address, and last night you were sitting on the edge of your bed, and you picked up this book off this shelf, and God wants to say this, and you're like, oh, right? That's how I feel when somebody starts speaking French, and they're like fluent. My, my daughter-in-law, Rachel, is teaching Owen, Mr. How old will it be? I think he'll be four in June. Uh, of course, Spanish. Of course, he got to learn Spanish at four years old, right? So, so he's learning Spanish and Polish because her family's Polish. And so he's like, you know, saying things, you know, on face. And I'm, you know, what is that face? Um, I don't know, FaceTime. And he's like, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What did he say, Rachel? You know? And he's counting. Now he gets it mixed up. So he's counting half in Spanish and half in Polish. And he's like, my four-year-old my four grandson is fluent in Spanish and Polish. Is it called Polish? The language? Okay. It is. But so there's some who prophesy and they're like fluent in the language. What I'm teaching you today is basic elementary this is where we all need to start because how often are we supposed to speak encouragement to each other? Daily, as long as it's called today. So we're going to learn basic, um, me amo Brenda. Okay. My name is Brenda. You're going to learn basic language of prophecy today. So elementary things, because I want you to get, um, and after first service, I should have left the, I should have made all first service people stay here because I was just getting bombarded afterward that that was so good. I didn't realize that prophesying to people was so easy and it's not spooky. It's a word of encouragement and in it has the life-giving strength, power, courage that those people need. That's why we're supposed to do it daily. Um, but here's some instructions for you, because what we're going to do is when I close out in just a minute, is that Pastor Neil has spoke to a prayer team. They're going to come up. You're all going to come up. They're going to pray with you. They're going to speak a prophecy word or words over you, and then they're going to let you prophesy to them. Now, listen, I've got three simple instructions that will help in settling all your nerves. Again, this is basic elementary. This is words of encouragement, comfort, strengthening, okay? It's prophecy for the church. That's what it does. Um, but real simple, when I'm praying for somebody, I usually at the altar, um, well, let me just say this first and then I'll explain. Number one, don't make things up. Don't make things up. When I'm praying for somebody at the altar, I'll usually ask them to shut up. No, I'll say it nicely. I'll say, please, let's just be quiet here. Let's listen. Why? Because God's always wanting to talk to us. He has a word for you. He has a word for me. 
so let's just be quiet and listen and I'll usually you know hold on to their arm or put my hand on their shoulder just so they know I'm there because you close your eyes you kind of think you have all the fears of you know did they just leave am I standing up here all by myself you know have I subconsciously turned this way <laughs> no nobody else does that but so and then I'll if I haven't heard anything I'll tell them hey I'm still waiting I'm still praying so just be quiet and, and just wait it will get very uncomfortable but wait and don't make up anything the second one is keep it simple keep it simple God might share just one word to you be faithful don't embellish just say that one word a lot of the times God gives me a picture and I just shared with somebody a few weeks ago when I was praying for them God showed me a cartoon picture and I thought oh great I'm gonna look like a fruit loop again trying to explain this and so I'm trying to explain this creature that God had showed me that they are and I'm supposed to speak because I it would have been nice if he just told me what the creature's name was but then they might not have known it either in the explanation they they're like I know exactly what cartoon character that is thank you Lord you know but he he'll show me a picture and then I'll wait is there something that yeah and that's what happened I can use Pastor Denny because he's not in here he was one that I prayed for this morning and you know I did the same okay just be quiet now we're just gonna listen and after and I saw this little sap I'll go ahead and rat him right out I'll tell you the whole thing saw a little sapling no bigger than this big tree right it was being blown all over the place the ground but his roots were humongous I mean like a full-grown oak tree humongous and I got the word like a willow well willow tree roots will go find water they'll push through black walls of basements to find what they'll push through they ruin what is that the uh, septic tanks and stuff because they're looking for water and so I, I saw the little sapling that's being blown all over the place but the roots were humongous and so as I saw that picture I'm asked you know I'm not saying out loud I'm just okay God you know what are you trying to say what are you trying to say through the picture and so okay I did just feel a correction I won't tell you the whole thing but then I so I explained it to him and you know it's like wow you know God's good but I'm not gonna try to make something up a lot of times he wants to he's teaching you something as he's speaking to them Proverbs says sin is not absent where there's many words <laughs> like the whole grocery store and you God gives you one word for a lady you're passing or a man that you're passing by if you stand there and explain your whole day and the struggle you just had and it took you three times or around that aisle to have the courage to come tell her you know that God said blah 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 she'll want to pray for you before you leave her because well hey wow you need prayer right but if you just hate um God wanted me to tell you blah 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 thank you have a nice day it's all God and the angels will tend to that word see so when you're prophesying don't make stuff up little is more 
And remember, it always needs to, the word that you're speaking and what you're saying needs to point them back to God. Usually if I'm praying for somebody that I don't know and God gives me a word for them, I won't let them leave without reminding them, you know, God is always wanting to speak to you. He's always wanting to speak to us. As a matter of fact, the Bible describes him as one that broods over us, singing over us, wanting to whisper his secrets to us. That even while we sleep, he waits at the edge of our bed, excited for us to wake up and spend time with him. So you can get the same kind of words or even deeper words if you just find a place with God every day and just quiet yourself to open your ears up and listen. Why? Because then then when I walk away from them, they're not going to come try to find me again when they need another word. Because then I would become their source. And God don't like anybody before him. So everything you say, every time you speak to somebody or pray for somebody, it better point them directly back to the source. And again, like I said early, if somebody's prophesies to you and you're like, well, that's just dumb. That has nothing to do. Take the meat, spit out the bones. Take the meat, spit out the bones. Have the maturity enough to not think, well, you know, that's just dumb and walk away. If God can speak to me off a billboard, you know, or off a, a bird singing, you know, on my deck, or, you know, when I'm riding my motorcycle and see the way that the trees were waving like this. I mean, listen, trees were waving like this. I'm riding my motorcycle and God speaks to me that, and now I just lost the word, um, that that's how we are to come into the earth preparing the way for the Lord to make way for the Lord the greatness of the kingdom is coming behind me why we're his ambassadors and he sends us forth right we're to bring heaven to earth and so as the trees just did this God said that's how you are in this world take the meat spit out the bone okay so as people are speaking back to you So hoping in others is more than a wishful thought. It's divine, heavenly call to awaken the greatness that God placed within them, giving them courage, strength, and power. You are the hope for others to see what it means to be saved. You are the evidence of that hope you your life your decisions what you say how you go your facebook post your your everything is proof to them of what it means to be saved or it's not but it should speak hope into them we're supposed to be the evidence the substance of christ the hope in us for the world all right so stand up. I've been looking around the room. Uh, if there's anybody in here that needs to rededicate their life, a new relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, I'm here. But I believe everyone is saved. So we're going to start this. Come on, let's have the prayer team up here that you guys, the ones that have been spoken to, to prepare for this. 
I want you to turn around and face them and awkwardly lock eyes with them because they're all going to come up. They're all going to get in line. So start giving them the looks right now. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. You're going to come up here. They're going to speak a word over you. They're going to prophesy over you. And then they're going to wait as God gives you a word for them. Then when they release you, you're not going to take off. You're going to then look around and see who else God's going to direct you to. And you're going to have a word for them. Why? Because God is always wanting to speak. Okay? So listen's going to be the big one. All right? So why don't you guys start coming up, start getting in line in front of these people. I'm going to just close in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, that your word is living and active. It's life-giving. It's power. It's encouragement. It's the courage we need. And in each and every word that you speak, you create life. And so right now, that power that you put in our mouth, that same power of life, we now begin to speak to each other, encouraging each other, speaking those words. And in the power, in, the, in each word is the power to do all that it's purpose to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be life-giving encouragers for you, for your word. Come on up. Come on up. Or they'll come get you. Let's begin speaking to each other. Prophesying for each other. Call it what it is.